Wake up, buyer payer people. It's a beautiful day. Go grab yourself another cup of joe and say hello to Jim and Michelle Rhodes on the Buy Here, Pay Here morning show. Take it away, you two. Good morning, good morning, everybody. We're so glad that you joined us. Happy Monday. Hope you all had a really great weekend. Um, I'm here with my sweetheart who is highly medicated. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll explain that to Richard and kind of, you know, any disclaimers around the medication when he joins us. We got Richard Hudson from Ignite is joining us today. And yeah. uh, so Michelle's in the airport in Salt Lake City on the way back to Florida. Haven't She's, seen my stay there. sweetheart for what? How, it's been like two weeks now. Looking forward to so. that. Yeah, been a, little, been a like year and a half. Yeah. And I missed all the excitement. <laughs> oh, the Hurricane Ian excitement, you mean? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it seems like, uh, again, all of our friends in the industry seem to be accounted for. And, and really, there were most of them um, had very little damage to even report. So they were uh, missed. So that's good news. And of course, we should be at FIADA right now doing the conference. But that's we been should. postponed or was postponed. Right. Uh, completely. I, I get it. I know that they... Um, yeah, it was it was a good call, I think. Yeah. This time yeah. around. There shouldn't be any hurricanes coming through in January or early February when they get it rescheduled, so we should be good on that front. Yep. Um so um I don't have any other announcements. Just a quick follow-up to our Friday uh session on uh show me the money. That was quite popular. A lot of great yeah. reaction from that. And uh there were a couple of subjects that we had to kind of rush through that I look forward to being able to go back and, and expand on some of that uh information. And so we'll, we'll take care of that one day soon. In the meantime, we appreciate all the great feedback. And if you're listening in this morning, uh, please, as always, we'd like you to let us know where you're listening from. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's uh, quite, kind of quiet over there. It takes us, like, uh, getting people to, to uh, yeah, it takes us saying, hey, where are you calling from or where are you coming from right. before we start seeing things just start rolling in happy. or ha uh, Hi, Tommy. You, I love that you join us. Uh, yeah, it is fourth quarter, isn't it? That's right. We're in Q4. Wow. That's right. Wow. Um, That's why we need to talk about the safeguards rule. Yeah. Yes. That Well, that is true. But it's also not time to buy Christmas decorations yet. Okay. Yeah. So let's I, just at least get past pumpkin carving. You got Halloween first. You got... I know, I know. It's uh, it's that time of the year where all I hear is this this debate about um, when we should start celebrating upcoming holidays. Thanksgiving just gets totally just paved over between mm -hmm. Halloween and Christmas. It's like it's a shame. That's my favorite one. Thanksgiving is my favorite. Me too. It's good food, and it's uh, you stop there. At good food. Well, good food, family, and there's no like stress around yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my family's okay, but I, the food is really what I'm there for. So, yeah, true. We will be uh, this year in Albuquerque with Jim's family for Thanksgiving because, you know, all of us have that thing where it's which, where are we going? And, and then Christmas will be in, in Salt Lake City. So, mm -hmm. um, safeguards rule. We ha yeah. are coming up really, really close to that. And so, um, we're, let's, let's bring Richard into the conversation. Richard, good morning. Thank you for joining us. Good morning to both you and what a very happy way to start, uh, to start my Monday morning with you guys. Thank you. Oh, thank, That's great. You. thank you, Richard. I need to tell you right off the top here that I am on a cocktail of sinus and allergy medications this morning. And so 
one of the labels said, while taking this medication, do not operate heavy machinery or podcast equipment. So I got, I'm just going to put that out there right on the front end. And I can't be really held responsible for anything that I should say. If I should accidentally say something derogatory, inflammatory about, I don't know, pick somebody, Bill Elizondo from NIDA. Or, you know, I hope you can help me find an attorney. Surely you know somebody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a very forgiving person. Jim. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Good. all right. Well, and and you're you're really great. At, you you don't do defense attorney work, right? I uh, no, ma'am. I'm not an attorney. Right on. Oh, oh that, this is Richard. This is yeah, yeah. Richard. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the I'm the outside. Uh, yeah. Um. Good morning, everyone. I'll forgive you. <laughs> well, you know a good attorney, right, Richard? I know a couple. You you know know a couple. No. <laughs> I'll try to behave. Yes, that's right. Richard, um, you know, I I uh, am on um, Ignite's email list. Mm -hmm. um, but those of you who know, like I watch the Independent Dealers podcast and I'm also on your email list. And so I kind of just keep tabs on what it is that's that's heading out. I frequently with our clients, I'll forward them um, the uh, the emails that you guys send out and and as well as the emails the independent podcast sends out um, and this one especially uh, I as I read it I thought oh my goodness we really need to get you guys on and um, to talk about uh, what what programs that you guys have set or put, put a, um, have created for the safeguards rule and it's because when I look through the list of things on that email I was I was thinking to myself. There are a lot of things on this list that are outside of just the regular training because um, TAIDA is, is, has got like a really great training that uh, they've put together and a lot of the states are picking it up, but it goes well beyond that. What are your thoughts? Okay. Um, yeah, the, the training is just one part of, of many different things that are required and, and in terms of uh, the, the big scope of what a safeguards project looks like, it's going to depend largely on the size, scope, and complexity of your company. And that's that's what the, the rule states, right? Um, and uh -huh. so, 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 but there's some key components that everyone has to have, right? Um, and so, and so training is one of them, right? You have to have that. So I know uh, you're, you're talking about the training that a lot of your, your, your folks have had um, from TXIDA and NIEDA, and there's a lot of different uh, programs out there that are really good that absolutely uh, satisfy the, the requirements uh, of the rule. Um, but after training, there are certain other things that, that some folks have tried to do themselves. It may be the first time they've ever done it. And it, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's not easy for everyone. Uh, a good example is the risk assessment, right? So everyone's required to get a risk assessment. They need to um, send that. And part of that, we, I, I put it in two different uh, areas, internal and external, right? So the risk mm -hmm. assessment, Need to look at what you're doing internally. See, you have to ask yourself, well, what do I ask internally? What am I even looking for? Right. So it's digital, it's physical, um, and so so we do provide things like little like questionnaires to help guide people with the questions, kind of kind of spark their imagination to get them going down the right road. Um, mm -hmm. In addition to that, there, there's there's a requirement for a written information security program, right? An ISP, which is essentially you, just a policy and a, a policies and procedures that state, you know, kind of what the objective is, like we're, we're going to safeguard consumers information and then here's how we're going to do it. And those are those are sometimes where people, I, I think, uh, get stuck because they, they, yeah. you know, they, they can be technical. They're quite difficult. 
Um, and so those are the additional kinds of documents that we, you know, we're, we're talking about uh, providing. So um, like the risk, I, I know for me, uh, I, I've never been a copywriter. <laughs> I, I'm an idea person. And um, so why is it that they want that inf that written information security or written information? Or what I, is, is that something like if if you get flagged, they're going to come in and say, where's your stuff? Just well, let's, let's, I'm going to step back with anything with compliance. And the rule is, if you have some kind of program policy, et cetera, it has to be demonstrable, right? You have to be able to show it to someone. You can't just think about it and tell folks this is what we do. You have to have it written down. And safeguards is no different, right, than any other than any other compliance um, uh, policy. So so, so, so that, that's really, you want to be able to not just do it, but you need to be able to show someone, here's my policy, and they can look at, look at your policies and procedures. They can read it. Then they can look at what you're actually doing and say, yep, this is it. And, and, and then, you know, and they can check off the boxes that, yep, you're doing this, you're doing that, you're doing this in order to meet uh, those criteria. So it's just, it's just it, having it written is an absolute necessity. And it's, it's really critical uh, that if you're you know, not comfortable or familiar with writing policies or procedures um, that, you know, reach out and, and, and whether it's your state organization or whether it's a group like ours mm -hmm. or, or you guys uh, and have someone with a lot of experience help you write those things down. So I might jump in, Michelle, because I, I think I'm interested in hearing, like, for those of us who've been around this thing a while, we've we've obviously had privacy rules in place. So maybe you can kind of give us the high level of what the difference is um, in the, you know, new safeguards versus old safeguards. Just kind of what's really different there. I'm hearing some things myself. Okay. Um, yeah, you're right. Uh, this has been around for a long time. Uh, there have been various uh, different uh, safeguards requirements or, or there's responsibilities for it in consuming consumer finance for uh, for those operators, for those entities to have safeguards in place. What the update to the rule last December did was it made uh, those mandatory for a, a much larger group than it had been mandatory before. Anyone with uh, customer records over 5,000, right? Um, and so again, they, they've always been a recommendation for everyone, right? Every, everyone who does business with consumer finance, anyone that that, that touches, houses, uh, transacts with, transfers, stores, um, non-public information on a, on a consumer uh, should have these in place. And now it's just, it's, again, now it's just mandatory. And so um, you, uh, it, it kind of formally required sort of the formalization of the things that have always been, you know, for a lot of the small operators, a suggestion, essentially. So I know Michelle's going to want to ask about the, the kind of the hardware or the IT side of this. I mm -hmm. wanted to also understand, or just share maybe um, that you know across my twenty plus years of being around buy here pay here. Before I ever met Steve or uh, Ignite Consulting, I used to watch the attorneys in the space would kind of use what I would call fear tactics, you know, um, scare tactics to get dealers to pay attention and show up for these webinars or whatever. And I used to think that's a shame that they have to do that now. Now I realize I just don't know of another way that you guys as attorneys or as a firm are able to get folks attention. I mean, we, we would hate to have to resort to, you know, scare tactics, but in reality, we gotta, we gotta get people to come recognize yeah. what, what's in the, what's lurking in the shadows. We gotta, we gotta be prepared for it. And we try to flip that script, right? Yeah. There's no fear mongering. Let's, let's like step back and say, what, why are we all here? Why are you here? Why, why are, uh, any of the dealers here that are listening to the show, uh, why are we here? We're here to help customers, right? 
right? It's customer service. That's that's kind of the goal. We love serving customers. We have a product. We have a service. We provide the customers need. We love doing it. Um, and so protecting customers' data, although it's it's always been kind of on the back burner, right? Everyone kind of says, yeah, you know, we we know we have to do that. Uh, what the, the the mandatory rule did was it brought it to the front, uh, the you know, the front of the line. And so look, we have to do have to do this. It's so critical, right? This information, if it's if it's if it's breached or used in a wrong way can destroy someone's credit or in the case of like the Equifax breach, you know, millions of people, everyone has to change their passwords. Everyone has to you know, cancel accounts and reopen new accounts and cancel cards. And so, so really it's, it's about customer service and, 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 uh, you know, we're in a data world, right? We're in the 21st century now. And it, you know, you cannot ignore the fact that this data uh, is, mm -hmm. is a huge liability, right? Having it's a huge liability. And so you need to have a program to mitigate the risk just to protect your customers right so it's it's i don't like to think about it in terms of a beer thing and, and more in terms of a, a customer service thing and a really good example i'll say real quick uh validating uh someone when they call in to, to, to make a payment for example validating that phone validating that customer saying hey, you know can i have the last four of your social or your date of birth that that, that one validation it is so critical to make making sure that you're talking to someone authorized on the account but often get people get pushback. Well, I know my customers, yeah. I don't want to ask them that. They're like, you know, you know me, why are you asking that? And so it's so imperative that everyone in our industry, you know, flips that script, so to speak, and say, look, I'm, I'm trying to protect you. You know how dangerous this world is? And we have some really sensitive information that you put on your application that's in our system. And we we don't want anyone but you knowing about that. And that's why we're asking these questions. And so it's kind yeah. of, again, a good a good mindset to kind of, kind of be in when you're talking to your customers about this. Yeah, it's good. Michelle. Now, um, a lot of people, it's it might be a no-brainer for, for many, but there's still a lot of people. Give me the list of, in our world of buyer pay here, what is considered safe or sensitive information? Well, it, it, they, they call it a non-public information, and there's a definition in the, in the law. But good examples would be things that we normally think, we normally think of, like social security numbers. Uh -huh. credit, card, credit card information, uh, date of birth, and, and, and it means basically something that's not normally in the public domain. But it can also no, be. I, uh, I, I, go, ahead. go ahead. No, no, you no, no, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was going to say um, it can be also a combination of things. Um, perhaps maybe someone takes one piece of information uh, from you and they combine it with some other information. Uh, but but generally, you're talking about social security, date of birth, um, uh, telephone numbers, like a cell phone number especially is, is something that we all, almost everyone has there that's normally not public. Um, so th those those are three uh, three big ones there. Uh, that so the the one thing that I've, I've noticed is I have a lot of friends in the tech space. I have a lot of friends that are entrepreneurs is that this isn't just uh, earmarking or putting a target, whatever, on buy here, pay here. This is any industry that stores this kind of information everybody is being held accountable to this now it's not just buy here pay here in, in terms of your uh liability as a company yes uh, yeah. but it's in consumer finance right non-banking consumer finance which you know buy your pay here dealers finance companies in our in our in our space especially in the independent space uh buy your pay your independent space they fall under that specific category so different different laws cover different categories 
uh, of businesses. Now, consumer finance has their has their own rules, and this is the one, when we're talking about safeguards. That's what we're talking about, right? Uh, and folks in consumer finance uh, or who deal with people in consumer finance, such as ourselves, right? But so Ignite has to also comply with the safeguards rules, well, just like just like any of our clients. Um, it basically, most vendors um, that house, transact, transmit, store any information uh, about uh, consumers uh, in this space uh, needs to be following this rule. So, um, yeah. So, so again, essentially, we are our, we you know it's 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 non we're non banking, consumer finance entities. Uh, but yeah, the, the, this rule absolutely is is like targeted for for entities like the ones we deal with. Yeah. That makes sense. Yep. Um, go ahead. So I, okay. have something. I have something, Michelle. Yeah. So I know you guys, um, we're, we're in the stage, and, and I saw uh, Tyler Simmons. You guys probably know Tyler out in West mm -hmm. Texas. He said um, uh, something about the phone book. I said, I don't even know if people can find a phone book anymore. Like, <laughs> I don't know if there is such a thing. He was using it as, a, as an illustration of what's public information, mm -hmm. which kind of takes me to the point about, you know, there aren't many phone books out there anymore. Why? Because everything's pretty much digital. We can choose our phone to look at it. So if I'm a dealer, I'm thinking, okay, well, if my people put all this sensitive information, this non-public information into our CRM and our DMS, and then they shred the documents, then then now it's on the CRM and DMS and I, I should be in the clear. So is there anything you feel like dealers should know about that piece? What would be the dealer's responsibility once, once it's over in the CRM and DMS? That's a really great question. Um, re remember my, my point about the, the two different, I guess, call them pillars uh, of your risk assessment, what you need to, what you really need to look at, analyze. One is going to be your internal controls, your internal processes, and you know anything dealing with that MPI. But the other side, the other pillar is going to be um, your external, uh, your external risk. So that's anyone that you share information with. So you know, for example, your DMS is a great one. So you not only sh you share it, and I'm using the, sh the word share kind of loosely, meaning it's there, it's housed mm -hmm. on a server, um, whether virtual or real, or whatever, somewhere on someone else's, uh, it's someone else's property, right? It's their servers. Um, again, they're a third party and they have the responsibilities too, to maintain it. They have all the, all the same responsibilities and maybe more, I mean, depending on the, depending on the organization uh, and what they do, but you have an obligation, right? To make sure that they are complying as well. And that's that second pillar. You have you not only have to make sure you're doing the right things, but you have to send out a letter, reach out to those folks and say, look, are you doing the things that are required and get something in writing from them, you know, preferably in a letter or, or an email saying, you know, a questionnaire saying, look, this is how we're complying with these things. And then also um, one of the other requirements is that uh, you you get in a contract, usually in the form of an addendum of some sort where they agree essentially to uh, comply with the safeguards rule and you have that as part of your your normal contract going forward there's going to be a safeguards piece of it uh, from 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 this year on period uh, wherever you have you have an obligation to ensure that the vendors that you're sharing your information with are complying with safeguards so i don't want anyone to think we're doing all the right things and this is all their problem we don't have to worry about it you, you you can't get inside their network maybe and you know in, in their internal processes all the time but you can get a guarantee in writing from them that they're they're complying with that and that is a requirement for for all the businesses and all the folks listening here today so 
Good. So it's not retroactive. It's it's just new new engagements. You mean going forward, you're going to see that as part of the contracts. Like the, if I'm a DMS provider, I don't have to go out and reissue contracts to all my current. No, 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 no. There's an addendum, and oftentimes uh, this is a that's a really great point. Uh, vendor management is is always been a huge issue for us in terms of our emphasis. We 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 really we really lean on it because I think a lot of times. We just trust the people we do business with oftentimes and everyone listening if, if vendors out there i love mm-hmm. you guys you know like i've known you all forever and uh but but you still want to you want to trust but verify and mm-hmm. and that that's what this new requirement states again it's now required uh that you have some kind of contractual uh agreement where it says with a third party that says that they agree they're going to do this right so that that doesn't take you off the hook per se, but that's your due diligence that satisfies yeah. that under the safeguards rule. So you ha- you kind of have to do that. Again, it's not that we don't trust them or that we think they're they're, they're doing anything wrong. But most of them that I've worked with over the years, they they're already doing these things, right? They're already doing the things that satisfy the requirements of safeguards. But you just need to make sure you get that in writing with all the folks that you're dealing with. Yeah, yeah. and and we definitely um we we occasionally step on those toes. Um, Richard, we, you know, we're, we're out here, we're trying to be, um, a voice of the dealers. And so, and we don't Mm -hmm. name names, but we do certainly step out there and say, you know, if you're as a voice of the dealer, we, we want our vendors to take good care of these dealers. And then the dealers just, I asked one of my clients and I'm an, I'm an old buyer payer since I got in here in 2009 and it's look, I'm just trying to take care of my customers. If I'm a dealer, Mm -hmm. take care of my customers. And one part of that means that any anyone that I share my customers' information with, I want to make sure they're doing the right thing. That's that, that's what this boils down to. It's pretty simple. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Tyler asked another question. He said, "Will vendors be required to implement MFAs on their sites, such as IDMS and other DMS providers?" Um, would it be required? Yes. Um, Will vendors be required to implement those on their sites? Okay. First of all, let us know what an MFA is. Um, uh, MFA is multi-factor uh, authentication. Uh, we've always talked about dual factor uh, and, and the term now multi-factor, it's a little more encompassing, but there, there are some key components to that. And what that means is, yeah, for short answer is yes. Um, anyone that uh, you're sharing consumer information with, non-public information with, uh, their system, when you're uh, when your customers or your, you know, for instance, a DMS, right, where customers may log in uh, to take a payment uh, or your employees log in to service the account, they're taking a phone call or they're, they're, they're given a payoff quote or whatever. Everyone who logs in there needs to have, all the vendors need to have multi-factor authentication uh, enabled. That's good for dealers to watch for then going into 23. Yeah. Right, right. And so, so the, the question is, what is that? Right. What's multi-factor? What's multi-factor authentication mean? Normally, uh, it's just you have a name, your name, your username, and your password. And the multi-factor is that 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 separate component outside of that. So it needs to be something normally um, that you either physically have control over. A uh, good example is uh, you know the little cards that have the numbers that rotate over and over and over. And old school, we used to have those when I when I worked at Xerox back in the nineties, even. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and another one would be your, your cell phone. You, you know, everyone's, everyone gets a little text message where you put the code into the system and you know, send you a text you know, so that it knows it's you. Yeah. Another might be a authenticator applications. Google's got a really good one. Um, I use it for almost everything. I, I mean, I, in some ways, we're, we're a little bit behind because all my banks 
uh, even like Constant Contact, a lot of different software systems that I use where I do have emails and things of our customers. Um, those are those are pretty strictly uh, controlled. You have to have multi-factor on those now. You you, you have for a while uh, your bank information, etc. Uh, it's something you know. Again, you have in your possession, which is likely your phone or the authenticator app. It can be also biometric. It could be you know fingerprint or an eye scan or a face scan, something like that. But that's that. I guess other than your username, your password, that's that third level uh, of, of something that, that that adds that extra layer of protection. So yes, your vendor should be moving to a multi-factor authentication model before the 9th of December. They should they should all have that. In so it's not the end of the year, it's the beginning of December. So December 9th, December 9th, uh, in here in a couple of weeks is the deadline. Uh, and I just want to kind of clarify on the, on the MFA, there are different, different models and explanations of that or understandings of that. Um, and so you'll have to talk to your, your specific vendor about what exactly, what ex how exactly they're implementing MFA uh, in their system. There's different ways to do it. But definitely a conversation you want to have. But uh, you know, by the end of this year, everyone sh everyone that you're logging into should have that extra level of security. And it is a pain. I mean, I, I don't like it. I, I hate it actually. And I don't use that word lightly. Um, it's a pain. When I, I mean, I log into 40 different systems a day, and everyone stops me and says, "Pull out your phone, go to your authenticator app, or you know, go to your phone, and then I have to put in my fingerprint." Um, and and it is a pain. It adds an extra level. But, but going back to why are we doing all this, it's about customer service, right? We're trying to take care and secure uh, our customers' information. And so Good it, point. it's a noble goal. Right? It's a worthy goal. And um, I, I think we all just need to get used to it. This is the world win we're in. Yeah. yeah. And it, it kind of validates us, I feel like. You know, it's one of the things that we can do is as dealers, as independent dealers who do show up for the conferences, who do, you know, demonstrate a willingness to, you know, make sure we're compliant and make sure we're taking care of all these customer service matters. It is something that separates us, you know, once we can demonstrate that we, we really are that kind of dealer, if you will, Yeah. you know, it does, it does kind of give us a, a badge of sorts to be able to, you know, claim as uh, customer service uh, people. So I like that part of it for sure. Um, I'm going to take a minute to make sure that our, our folks listening that don't know uh, Richard Hudson and Steve Levine with Ignite, you can find them at Ignite Consulting Partners. And um, I would definitely recommend that people who aren't paying attention and, and aren't familiar with their firm, go to their website, igniteconsultingpartners.com. And they've got a monthly webinar registration right there in the middle of the page. Jump on their yeah. webinar list and make sure and attend those things because it's a, it's one of the best ways, you know, Michelle and I keep up with what's going on in part because of their emails and their their webinars and we're able to kind of stay up to date and we would urge dealers to do the same. So, Michelle, did you have something else? Yeah, um, on that, I one of the things that Jim and I have have really tried to do with with the the coaching side of what of what we've done is we've created the you know the online learning platform so people can go and teach themselves how to do it and that's one of the things that I think is so beautiful about what FIAD is doing and I'm going to talk about that in just a second but there's a lot of people out there that want someone to help walk them through and so it's it's especially ignite is if you need help with the actual doing of the things, not just learning about the things, but the doing of the things, they really are your people to give a, give a call to. Thank you. No, and I'll, I'll, I'll reiterate your, your comment about the, the state and national organizations. They've all done an amazing job 
uh, of providing these resources. Just everyone who's listening, get out there and, and whether it's me or whether it's you know uh, your state organization or your national organization, everyone in ADA, everyone, they all have super great packages of, of training and other things out there that they do. Uh, and I, I want to commend uh, the, the, the industry for really, really uh, putting putting forth a really great effort to have that information. But again, make sure you're doing it. And if there's any questions, there's so many people to reach out to, uh, to, to ask questions. You know, we're, we're just one of many, uh, but there are a lot of different resources out there. Just make sure you're doing it. Uh, and with that email, just, F, just we're, we're having a series on our, um, on, uh, on safeguards. We have five more started last week, uh, tips of the weeks every Monday. If you're not on our email list, it's just good practical yeah. information about different steps. So just, you know, go to our website or email us and, uh, and, and get on that, get on that, get on that mailing list. It's, it's free information every Monday and yeah, we're right. going to some safeguards from now to the, to, yeah. to the, to the end of October. Well, I, know, I, I see it. just quickly, Michelle, let me throw in that. I, I see and appreciate that you guys, um, are also out there just generously giving information, yeah. giving tips. And so I just, I, I applaud you for that. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Again, what we've seen is, um, and this is just, you know, in our experience, sending those emails out, it seems like we've gotten down to where we're seven weeks away or so, six weeks away from the deadline. And there's a lot of people who haven't done it. And, um, you know, you procrastinate, you get busy with the business, all, all those things happen. I get it. But, mm -hmm. but don't, don't worry about the fact that you haven't done anything yet. Like just make the decision today to start, reach out I mean, call Jim, call Michelle um, and just say, where do I start? I need help. I really haven't done anything and I should have. If you haven't, it's okay. Just start now. Um, reach out uh, to, 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 some, to anyone in the industry, you know, who's talking about this and knows about it uh, and just get started today. Just get started. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, thank you so much, Richard. I really appreciate you joining. And I, regardless of whether or not you have done your education for the safeguards rule, I really highly suggest that you get on Ignite's mailing list because they, or email list, because they, they really do have very valuable information about a lot of the pieces that, that dealers just don't consider. Um, and, uh, like one of the things I loved, one of the addresses that I saw you give Richard at a conference was about marketing. So there's so much that, um, that is good for the dealers out there for all of us to be really aware of, um, because we just want to make sure that we keep our business safe from getting targeted and, mm -hmm. and that we're just really treating our customers well. That's so, right. Yep. Yeah, I'd say that there are, Michelle and I, uh, so Michelle and I do a lot of things. There are exactly three things I can think of that we don't do. One is accounting. Yeah. We don't do things that are state specific and we don't do legal. We're not attorneys, so we don't try to give any kind of legal advice. We, we introduce people to uh, sources and we, we recognize you guys as one of the premier uh, solutions for legal support you know, in the industry, you guys know that the independent yeah. space and the buy here, payer space really well. So we're happy to, to send folks to you and we know you have good solutions over there. So Michelle, I'll let yeah, you wrap it up. All right. I'm uh, Richard again. Thank you. And I'm going to let you, uh, let you go. And then I've got a quick public service announcement from TAIDA that I'm going to be given. So thank, thank you so much, both of you. Uh, again, everyone just listening. If you haven't started, start today, reach out to your state organization, reach out to your to, to the national organization. There are a lot of, uh, Ignite as well, but there are a lot of folks out there just trying to help uh, the buyer payer industry right now get through this and make sure that we're taking care of our customers the best way we can. Jim, Michelle, thank you so much for having me today. It was mm -hmm. a pleasure.
Thank you so much, Richard. Have a great day. And then we'll probably see you at uh, Super Forum, right? Yep. You'll see All me. Right. See you. Excellent. Thanks. All right, everybody. Before we let you go, um, we are uh, we have been working um, with TAIDA to make sure that we get a lot of this really valuable information out, so that um, so that uh, we can um, uh, educate dealers, so that they know where to go for information on the safeguards rule. And I just had this up in uh, where did it? There it is. Okay. Um, and so I wanted to, uh, we, like I said, we're working very closely with them. And um, so the safeguards rule, FA, uh, TAIDA has put together a really slick course. And I've, I've been watching a lot of the other state organizations um, piggyback with what it is that TAIDA is doing. And so, um, you know, Quick question, does your auto dealership collect personal information? And if so, you are likely subject to the FTC safeguards rule, which recently saw some major changes. Requirements must be completed by, again, December 9th. So mm -hmm. act now to stay compliant. Visit dealereducationportal.com for more information. The rule requires a qualified individual to oversee your dealership's information security program. That individual does not have to be a cybersecurity guru, but they are the person responsible for administrating and enforcing your plan. The rule also requires dealers to have formal security awareness training for the qualified individual and your employees, all the dealership employees that handle that information. The Dealer Education Portal will help you fulfill these training requirements with courses designed specifically with dealers in mind. The courses take under an hour to complete. They're really flexible and on demand, so they fit your schedule and come with a certificate of completion. Best of all, the courses on the Dealer Education Portal are affordable and with volume pricing options for dealerships with more than 10 employees. So please, uh, 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 I've got the uh, website right here, dealer education or texasdealereducation.com. If you have not already done it, please go there. Um, time is limited. And this is something that it's the date is coming up here really soon that everyone is going to be required to have that person that is certified and that every one of your, uh, your team members that handle this information need also to, to go through this training course. So anything did you, you want to the price there, Michelle, I didn't hear you say the price. Um, I they didn't give me a price on that, but I believe it's it's under a hundred dollars. Uh, I think it's ninety five, yeah, yeah, and then it may be less for additional attendees yeah. or whatever. But yeah, uh, but yeah, ninety five dollars is pretty low. Low it number is pretty for low. Uh, it is pretty, pretty comprehensive low. solution. So yeah, and so this is like I said, the uh, the TAIDA safeguards rule course is. Uh, very much a do-it-yourself and it's also to get everybody certified if there are pieces of this that you need help with outside of what you learn on this course um, we really suggest that you reach out to someone who can help you um, implement a lot of these pieces such as ignite and so um, you know also send an email or reach out to them uh, at ignite and um, and you know, get that help if you need that help beyond just this course. Right. So we should uh, probably uh, 
Put in a mention again for the town hall coming up October 19th. We're just uh, barely over two weeks away now from uh, oh my gosh, so exciting. that event. And yes, yeah, really exciting. Yeah. We've got a wonderful agenda coming together. You'll be seeing yeah. material from us. We want to get you registered for the event so we can get the link to you when it's time to go live. And uh, yes. So we are registering everybody out there in listener land. We will be registering for the event. Um, and uh, we actually, you're going to start seeing some, some information go out on social media. And um, we have some really great sponsors. And so they will be um, called out in the, on the website and on social media. And so be watching for that. It starts today. The, the social media campaign to get awareness out there starts today and really, really excited about it. And again, we're going to ask that you that you register, and um, but it will be broadcast in multiple uh, multiple places. You're going to be able to find it and watch it. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's about it, hon. Very good. Well, let's uh, right. wrap up then. Let folks get back to their uh, right. work in the dealerships and whatever else. So, we thank you for tuning in. We'll uh, we'll ask you to join us back here on Wednesday for White Hat Wednesday. Excellent, um, honey. Go take a nap, and oh, I will yeah. see you in a few hours. Okay, very good. All right. Enjoy your day, guys. Thanks so much. No.